guys doing? Kids, are you out there? Oh, come on. You can do better than that. Are you out there? Okay, good. How come they're all over here? Are there any kids on this side? Oh, there's a kid. <laughs> that is so funny. They're all over here. Good. Okay. Okay, we'll let you be a kid too. It's good to be here today. You know, we're talking uh, about the fruit of the Spirit. That's our new series, and fruit is food. I love food. You know that. And uh, so it made me think of something which I didn't realize about being Jewish. Uh, you know, I've been Jewish my whole life. Isn't that amazing? And, and in being Jewish, I never understood this, that all Jewish holidays are the same thing. They attacked us. We didn't die. Let's eat. <laughs> it's great. I love our holidays. But we're talking about food today. We're talking about good food, bad food, all kinds of food, the fruit of the Spirit. What's the fruit of the Spirit? Who knows what the fruit of the Spirit is? Okay. We need, we need a kid to, to come over here and do the fruit of the Spirit for me. Okay, right there. Come on. Tell, me what the, tell us all what the fruit of the Spirit is. Fruit of the Spirit is um, Jesus' heart. Okay. (laughs) Very good. Does anybody know the the nine fruits of the Spirit? Who does? Okay. Is that Hazel? Come on. Okay. Tell us what they are. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, Kindness, gentleness, and self-control. Faithfulness. Right. Good job. That is awesome. All right. I did that because I always get them mixed up too. So I thought, let's get a kid to do it. So we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And, uh, you know, there's good food and there's bad food. And and I thought it would be good to find out. You should leave those lights up because we're going to go out again. But... I, I just thought it'd be good to find out, like, from kids, because, you know, they, they just don't hold back on things. And there's no kids over here? There are kids. Okay, good. So we'll come over here next. So, so I, I just want to know, like, what food is your, your favorite food? Does anybody have a favorite food? Favorite food? Okay. Just, okay, come on over here, because I can't get in there. What's your favorite food? It's like the food you dream about when you're sleeping. Pizza. Pizza. Wait, wait, wait. Why, why is it? Because it has pepperoni <laughs> and bread. And bread. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Do you know I just found out pizza is one of the most balanced foods there is? Parents, I'm sorry to say it. I was told that by a nutritionist. So there you go. Wait, what's your... What's your worst food, the most horrible food, the one you hate the most? Do you know what, do you know what the worst food is for you? Candy. Candy's your favorite food, right? Is it your favorite food? Good. Good job, you guys. Yeah. Who else? Okay, now they're all over here. Okay. Oh, getting old. Let's come over here. There's a whole crop of them. They have the last name of Kligman over here. Okay. What's your favorite food and why? Cherries. Cherries. That's good. Why? Because they're juicy. 
juicy. They are juicy. And they stain your face, right? Okay, what about the food that you hate, dread the most? Tomatoes. Tomatoes. Because they're juicy? Why? Because they just don't taste good. They just don't taste good. Okay, who else? Who else? Somebody over here. Yeah? Do you want to do it? I can't tell if you're really into this or not. Okay. Yes? Okay, what's your favorite food? Hot dogs. Hot dogs. Any particular brand? No. Try Hebrew National. They're very good. (laughs) And why do you like hot dogs? They're good. They are good. And what's like the food that when your mom says it's coming to the table, you just want to run and scream, help! Eggplant. Eggplant. We don't have to ask why on that one, do we? <laughs> okay, okay, one more. Okay, what's your favorite food? Ice cream. Ice cream. I guess we don't have to ask about that one either, right? And how about your least favorite food, the one that you're horrified by and that you'd rather die? Salad. 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 Like what kind of salad? All kinds. Like fish salad? Yes. Okay, and what other kind of salads are terrible? All of them. All of them. Every single one. No salad on this table. That's good. Okay, you get other chances. That's okay. Thanks, guys. We, we, we need to talk about this. It's important because there's good fruit and there's bad food, right? And, and who wants good fruit in their life? You want good fruit in your life. So I I just want to talk a little about fruit as we kind of introduce this series. And the first is is that good fruit comes from trusting the Lord. That's where good fruit comes from. In Jeremiah 17, it says, this is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who depends on the flesh for his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. He will be like a bush in the wastelands. He will not see prosperity when it comes. He will dwell in the parched places of the desert. In a salt land where no one lives. Is that Utah? But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. When you trust in the Lord, you will bear fruit. So kids, all of us kids, trusting in the Lord is such an important part about seeing the fruit of God in our lives, the fruit of the Spirit. The next is, the fruit you see identifies the source. It says in, uh, in, in Matthew 7, you will know their fruit. By their fruit, you will recognize them. And I have a, I have a plum tree at home, and it's a big, beautiful plum tree, and it puts out small, stinky plums. The pit is like that big, and the flesh is like, a, like an eighth of an inch. It's just nothing. It's like totally worthless. I step on them. They drop on my barbecue. They hit me in the head when I'm walking by. Uh, I drag them into the house. They just stink. It's bad fruit. And I know that when I see that fruit, where it comes from, and that it's bad, and that that tree is bad, it has never given us a good piece of fruit. It's always been these stinky little plums that are very disappointing. But when you see good fruit, and you see love, and you see the fruit of the Spirit, you see 
it coming from a good source. And so depending on the source depends on the fruit. We want our source to be God, right? That's where good fruit comes from. The next is bearing much fruit gives glory to God. (laughs) John 15 says, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Bearing fruit gives glory to God. Do you guys want to bear fruit? Lots of fruit? Oh, only one kid over there. Come on, you guys. You know, adults are kind of shy. You have got to help me out here, okay? Okay, come on. Bearing fruit is a blessing to everyone. When we experience the fruit of God in our lives, we are blessed, but then everybody around us is blessed too. Isn't that right? Thank you all. Very good. Matter of fact, my 40th birthday, God... God was nice to me, and he said, well, actually, he was nice to my family. He said, hey, why don't you, I have a good idea. Instead of getting gifts this year for your 40th birthday, why don't you give everybody else a gift and start bearing more fruit of the Spirit? And, and so for the next year, I spent that year seeking out what it is to bear fruit that lasts, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I'll tell you, my family... Uh, was much more blessed than I was by that because <laughs> I got more patience, and that was important, right? How many need more patience? Oh, you're in trouble now. <laughs> Never ask for patience, right? You know that's the rule. If you ask for patience, you're going to get? That's right. <laughs> so what's the fruit of the Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit is evidence of the life of God in you, the Spirit of God. We have the Spirit of God living in us. And so when the Spirit is living in us and we are not hindering the Spirit, because we can hinder the Spirit, right? Did you know you can do that? You can say, no, God. And so you can hinder the Spirit. But when you don't hinder the Spirit, but you allow the Holy Spirit to grow in you and to minister to you, you're going to get evidence of the Spirit in your life in great ways. I'm thinking of the disciples that after, after in the book of Acts that it was very obvious to everybody that they were hanging with Jesus because of what had become of them. They had become people that were very different than when they started off. You know, as Paul says, they weren't smart. You know, they didn't have much education. But it became very obvious to people that were around them that they were around Jesus. And that's what the fruit of the Spirit is. So let's talk about the fruit of the Spirit. We're talking about joy. Usually it would start with love because that's the list. But I made an executive decision, and I thought joy would be more fun for kids and for me. So there you go. So we're going to talk about joy, and we're going to play Joyperty, starring Joey Joy. So... You adults don't look very excited. Okay, so what we need is I need four volunteers. Kids, I'll be right there. Four volunteers. I'm going to get my little. Okay. Oh, my goodness. I got a lot of volunteers. Okay, let's see. One. We need a 
girl. I didn't get enough girls last time. Two. <laughs> That's not fair cheating for your kids. Uh, who didn't answer a question here? Okay, you. Three. And one more girl. One more girl. We have a girl. She's a little too small to answer these questions. We need a girl that's tall. Er. Third girl over there? Okay, right there. Come on. Yay. Okay, here we go. Joyperty. Are you guys ready? What you need to do is you need to go to the black box. So let's have the two of you guys go over there to that black box. And two of you guys over to that black box. I'm going to ask you a question. After I ask the question, you need to run carefully so you don't knock over each other. Two, if you have the answer, run over and take that, and you need to honk it three times and then give me the answer. Okay? You got it? Got it? Boys, distracted. Got it? Okay. Here we go. Joy is A... Your dentist's first name, B, is Spanish for banana, or C, a fruit of the spirit? Okay, what's the answer? Uh, C. What is that? C, uh, C is fruit of the spirit. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here you go. Take one. Don't eat it now, because you're right in the middle of a game. Here we go. Two. <laughs> hey, what is this? Okay. You get real joy when you, when your sister or brother get in trouble and you don't. B, you get an Xbox 360 for no reason. Or C, you get to know God. Okay, what's the answer? You get to know God. Yay, here you go. We have Kit Kats and Airheads. Perfect for kids. Are you making a comment? Okay, three. If you live a joyful life, A, people should worry because you are crazy. B, you must be rich. C, Everything is going your way. Wait, wait, go back, go back. There's one more. <laughs> or D, none of the above. Go. <laughs> okay. C? Everything is going your way? No, it was, it's D. None of the above. Yeah. Here you go. Good. couple more questions. Okay. If you don't have joy, you should, A, give up. B, try to get it your own way. There's four choices here, boys and girls. <laughs> C, take some medicine to feel better. Or D, meet Jesus. Go ahead. Blow the horn. One more. Okay, what's the answer? Meet 
Jesus. Yeah. Woo, wait, wait, come back and your candy. Whew, this is a rough game. Okay. Eric's taking a coffee break. What's the deal with that? Okay. Two more questions. Joy should make you feel, A, like you have a bad cold, B, guilty that others feel miserable, or C, like celebrating. (laughs) No, that was it. (laughs) She should get that one, right? (laughs) Okay, you both get it. Come over here and tell me the answer. Come here. Whisper it in. I think it's D. D, there was no D. Uh, oh, no, C. Meet yeah. Jesus. Meet Jesus. <sighs> Last question. Things that would give Ira the most joy are a real New York bagel. Hint, hint. Watching Eric do interpretive dance. Wouldn't that be great? Where is he? Come on. Or see the joy from God. The joy from God. That's right. All right. But somebody else answered the real question over there, and that was all of the above. (laughs) Good job. Okay, we have a little left. We're going to give to kids after, okay? So you guys can come up for it. Thanks, you guys. Let's give these guys a hand. Good job. Man, being a game show host is not easy in Draper. So we're going to talk a little about joy. Joy is not happiness. Joy is more than happiness. Joy is an abiding sense of happiness. Doesn't that seem to make sense to you? It's kind of hard to figure out what joy is, but... I think that's a good definition. I did a little research on the authoritative internet on that word, and that's what they said. I like it. An abiding sense of happiness. You know, uh, I, growing up, I, I, I have a family that, uh, that did not walk in joy. Any of you have that in your life growing up? Parents, you're allowed to raise your hands every once in a while, too. Growing up, I, I grew up in a family that was pretty depressed. I grew up in a family where I remember mostly the house was dark, and that's the way they liked it. And uh, even today, uh, everybody in my family is on antidepressants. Everyone. Every, everyone, even generations back, even when they just started coming out, my family got on them. And, and it, it's just amazing to be able to walk in the joy of the Lord and walk in the fruit of the Spirit and not have to walk in such pain that so many people experience, you know? 30 million people are depressed in this country. Almost that many are on antidepressants. And 30,000 people every year commit suicide and, and succeed. So this is an important issue. You think it's an important issue? even though we're playing games, right? It's an important issue because God wants us to walk in joy. 
I just want to make a caveat. There, there, there are physiological reasons for taking medications. So I'm not, I'm not against those. But I do know that, that these seven things that we're going to talk about right now focus on who God is in our lives and how joy can connect with us and we can walk in joy. And I believe that ultimately that is the answer, that sometimes medication is important for certain times or certain periods, but ultimately God wants to bring us joy, the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen? So the first is joy has a source, and the source is salvation. In Isaiah 12, it says, In that day you will say, I will praise you, O Lord. Although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away, and you have comforted me. Aren't you glad God's anger has turned away from you? Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. That's the promise of God for us. God has become our song, our joy, and we go to salvation, that very act of the cross, and recognize that it is because, we're, because of Jesus Christ dying on the cross that we can walk in joy today. Do you guys agree? Honestly, guys, honestly, the, the most amazing thing in all of existence in all of time, past, present, and future, has happened. And if you know Jesus Christ, you have access to that. Right? We get to experience the love of God, the joy of God, through his salvation. If we really got this, it would be hard to contain. I mean, how many of you heard that Jesus died for your sins? The rest of you, I want to tell you for the first time. Jesus Christ died for your sins. I remember the first time I heard that, I was surprised. And it had an impact on me. But it's very easy when we hear it over and over that it loses its impact. But the reality is, is I mean, think about it. It is the most significant thing that can ever happen to you is that you experience the salvation of God through his grace in dying on the cross. Is that right? Is it right? It is. And it's easy for us to forget this. It's easy for us to forget this. David forgot it, and he sinned, you know? I mean, he was a mess, especially in our next scripture, which is... uh, Psalm 51, you know, he has just sinned terribly. That's all I'm going to say because we have kids here. But his cry was, restore to me the joy of your salvation. The joy of your salvation. If we could just walk in the joy of our salvation every day, we would be very well indeed, don't you think? Thank you. It's almost as joyful as watching Eric root for his favorite team that just got a touchdown, which is a big deal usually. So number two, joy has an object. And what's that object? It's God. It's God. 
Psalm 1611 says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, at your right hand, are pleasures forevermore. God is the object of our joy. In his presence is fullness of joy. What a great phrase, fullness of joy. I, I re- when I came to faith in Christ, I was full with joy. I was full. I mean, I don't even know what I had just done. I just knew that, that God showed up and I was in his presence. And it was radically amazing. Coming from a family that, that lived in depression and still does in many ways. It was an amazing thing to be able to experience that joy. If you've never experienced that joy, you should know that it could sound like just a word, joy, that you have some kind of happiness. But in reality, when, when the divine, all-powerful God connects with you, there is something tremendous that happens inside. And one of those things is joy because of his great love for us and his presence, his presence. Isn't that right? Thank you. (laughs) To Abraham, God said, I am your shield, your very great reward. Why would he say that? Because he is. He is everything. He is everything. Moses recognized that that if God didn't go with him, if God's presence wasn't there, that he didn't want to go in leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. God's presence brings joy. If you want to improve your joy level, hang out with Jesus for milliseconds and you will have joy. I'm not talking about talk about Jesus. I'm not talking about come hear about Jesus. I'm talking about hang out with Jesus Christ, the Savior and Lord, and experience what it is to have joy in your life. Number three, joy has an effect. I love this effect because we need this so much in our lives. What is it? Strength, strength. Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is sacred to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. There are people right here that need to hear this today. You are weak because of pain and sorrow that you faced in your life. Maybe you're going through a physical trial. Maybe you're sick. Maybe you have relational issues, money issues. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You gain strength when you experience his joy and be in his presence. How many of you need that strength today? I believe it. I just sense the Lord saying, let's just stop for a minute and pray for you guys, all right? Can you just lift your hands again? Lord, we just come before you right now. You see the hands of people that are, that are here before you. And, uh, Lord, you love us. And, Lord, I pray that you would give them strength. 
Not strength to get out of their circumstances, but strength to walk through in victory and joy their circumstances. And we pray, God, that you would do a mighty work. A spirit of joy would be over these people that are raising their hands right now. They would walk out of here and say, what happened to me? And recognize that it is the presence of God and knowing that we are ultimately secure and safe in God's love. In Jesus' name, amen. Strength. Sometimes I go to bed at night and I worry. You guys worry in bed? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I, so, you know, the day can be long. There could be a lot of things going on, right? And you get in bed and you put your head down. What's the first thing that happens? You start thinking about all the things that are wrong, right? And then... Eventually, I get to sleep. Maybe I have to distract myself to stop thinking about that. You guys ever do that? I usually take the iPad and turn on the Netflix or something like that or go downstairs and watch some recorded show or something that really helps distract me from thinking. Although everybody says I'm pretty distracted anyway. <laughs> and, and then when I fall asleep, and, and then when I wake up, I feel a lot better. Has anything changed? Just me. The circumstances are the same, but I've changed. Something happened in me. I was able to, at some point, just say, Ugh, okay, I can't do it. I give it to you. And I gain strength from God when I do that. And I could wake up even in the same circumstance with joy and peace and able to walk through that day without worry or fear. Number four, joy has a posture. And that is to hope in him. We need to hope in him. Job says one of the people that we can look at as probably experiencing some of the worst circumstances in a life would be Job. And he said, though he slay me, who he's talking about there? He's talking about God. Though he slay me, yet I will hope in him. This is our posture, hoping in God. Regardless of your circumstances, you might be well today. You might be very sick today. Hope in him. You might have no money to pay the rent. You might have a ton of money to pay the rent. Hope in him. Whatever it is, hope in him. Make that your posture and recognize that when you make God your posture and trusting in him, joy will rise up from you and you'll be able to walk through your trial. Do not waver. You know, we experience a lot of things, and there's no reason for joy to, to waver in our lives, you know? And this is something I learned when I was a fairly young Christian, although I learned the concept when I was a young Christian. I do not see it executed in my life still perfectly. How many of you have that in your life? A lot, huh? But that... We, we go on all these waves like this, but really we don't need to live like that. We can live recognizing that we could cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. And even in the midst of whatever trial you're facing or whatever good experience you're having, you could be connected to the joy and the peace that God has for us. Abiding in that. 
And I think Job is the perfect example of that. What's your posture today in the things that you're struggling with? What is your posture? Are you trusting in him? I tell you, that is the way of joy. That is the way of victory. That is the way of freedom. Do not be a victim of your circumstances. And that is a word of the Lord for some people here. I just sense that. Do not be a, wor- a, a, a victim of your circumstances, but recognize that God has paid the price for you to be able to walk through your circumstance, giving him glory and not be destroyed in Jesus' name. Number five, joy has a property. The property is exceeding, exceeding. In Psalms 43, it says, Vindicate me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. This is a very sad situation that psalmist is facing. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man, for you are the God of my strength. Why do you cast me off? It's a sad thing to have to ask, right? Because circumstances are difficult and you just kind of wonder. It feels like that, but God doesn't leave us, right? Why do you go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Oh, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your holy tabernacle. What is the light and the truth that the psalmist is talking about in the midst of feeling like he is alone? It is this. Then I will go to the altar of God, to my exceeding joy, and on the harp I will praise you. Oh, God, my God. Suffering yet still walking in joy because God is still God. You get that? We can walk in joy no matter what circumstance because God is still God in any and all circumstances. All other joys in life, if God is not the center, they could evaporate just like that. That's when we start seeing depression. That's when we start seeing people struggling in their lives. Is when when your hope and when your joy is not in God, then just like a bubble popping, things change and they disappear. The money you thought you had is gone. The health you think you will keep, you don't. The relationships that you thought were great are not. Your job that you thought was the best thing that there ever was isn't. And your boss still is lousy. No, I'm kidding. That was a joke. So we must remember that we need to exceed in joy towards whom? God, right? Towards God. And when he is the center, he will always be there. He's the center of your joy with your kids. Thank you. You could have joy over your kids, but is God the center? You could have joy in your marriage, but is God the center? You could have joy in your work, but is God the center? He needs to be the center. He needs to be the exceeding joy, the over and above joy. You guys getting this? Okay. Joy has a time frame, everlasting. 
The ransomed of the Lord will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. That's our promise. Amen? I love that. That gladness and joy will overtake them. It's like a wave. Have you ever been in the ocean? And and if you haven't been in the ocean for a while and you go in the ocean, you get surprised at the, the weight of the waves and how it just can have such an effect on your body even when you're prepared. This is God's love and God's joy and gladness overtaking us. I remember Josh got like dragged all the way up the shore because of that. He wasn't ready. And, and this is the power of God for us, the joy of God overtaking us and blessing us. Do you think that's God's desire for you? Or are you supposed to suffer in, in misery in your, in your trials? I don't believe that that's God's call, do you? I don't think so. I think God's promise for you is that you would be overtaken by joy in your life. Joy has a result, rejoicing. Joy is a noun. Rejoice is a verb. When we experience joy in America, we're usually like this. Thank you, Lord. Good job. Thanks for saving me. But kids, when something good happens, what do you do? Some of them do. Rejoice. 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 You just think about the coming of Christ, the first coming of Christ, and, and, and the rejoicing that took place. The angels rejoiced. The shepherds rejoiced. The kings rejoiced. Everyone rejoiced. We should rejoice. And I want to give you a point of action on this for the whole thing. Develop a praise life. Develop a praise life. How many words do you say? Women are supposed to say 20,000 words. Men, they say like, what, 5,000 words a day? Something like that? I forgot what the men's one is. Use some of those words to praise our great, awesome God. Allow the joy that's inside of you to rise up. I guarantee you it will do something to you. It's why we worship on Sunday mornings with song. Rejoicing. Here's the scripture in John 16. And we're going we're gonna to have the ushers come and pass out the elements right now. You guys can start. We're going we're gonna to take communion together. If you're with your family, you get to do it with them. So you can lead them in it. And uh, we're going to rejoice together as we take communion, all right? So please don't eat this yet. Wait, and we'll do it together. In John 16, it says, Jesus saw they wanted to ask him about this problem. The problem was that Jesus said he was leaving. Are you asking one another what I meant when I said in a little while you will see me no more and then after a little while you will see me? I tell you the truth. You will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. And that's what happened when, when Christ died, right? You will grieve, but your grief will turn to what? Joy. 
A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again. Amen? And you will rejoice, and no one, say it, no one will take away your joy. No one will take away your joy. What a great picture that is, you guys, of a woman giving childbirth and the pain that's involved. Moms, is it painful? Oy vey, right? It's painful. But when that baby is there, what a joy. And it's so easy to forget the pain. You guys, this is the joy of God. That's what he's talking about here. He's speaking about our lives being painful too. But joy is there as well, and that joy can overtake us. That joy can influence our lives, our thoughts, our attitudes, our actions, and make great difference in our lives. And not just the lives of us, not just our life. A joyful person is a delight to be around. Isn't that right? What is it about Christians that have grumpy faces and tell everybody what, what's wrong in the world. When we have a salvation that is so great, don't we have something fantastic to talk to people about? Let us do it. Let us do it. Because guess what? The baby is born. Christ is here. He lives inside of you. And we get to walk in his joy every day. And it never will be taken away from you. Never. The Holy Spirit testifies in our life that we are God's children. The Holy Spirit testifies in our life that we are chosen by God. The Holy Spirit testifies in, his, in our life that he will never leave us or forsake us or that there is no condemnation for us who are in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit testifies in our life that he is our peace that we have his spirit guaranteeing the promise that is to come. That we are God's workmanship created in Christ for doing good works. And that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. This is the joy of the Lord, folks. Walk in the joy of the Lord today. Know Christ. It is found in knowing Christ. Christ.